after Major Rudolf Anderson entered Cuban airspace, his unarmed high-altitude U-2 spy plane appeared as a blip on a Soviet radar. As the Soviet military tracked the intruding aircraft, their concern mounted that the pilot was photographing secret locations of tactical nuclear weapons positioned near America's Guantanamo Bay naval base. A Soviet lieutenant general told his deputy to shoot down the aircraft. Due to fear of intel, the plane was gathering overhead. With the commanding general, the only man authorized to order a surface-to-air missile launch, nowhere to be found, the lieutenant general gave the order himself to destroy target number 33. Two surface-to-air missiles rocketed into the sky near the eastern port city of Baines, one of which exploded near the U-2. Shrapnel pierced the cockpit, along with Anderson's pressurized flight suit and helmet, likely killing him instantly. The U-2 plunged 72,000 feet to the tropical island below. Target number 33 was destroyed. Cuban Missile Crisis. Major Rudolph Anderson, an American hero who volunteered himself for those missions, who wanted to get after it, and who served this country well. Unfortunately, gave the ultimate sacrifice and was shot down by an SA-2 from the Russians. Threats. That's what we're talking about today. Threats in the military from the perspective of a cast team, close air support team, and how does this apply to the Christian walk? How do you identify threats? How do you defeat threats? The only common denominator is that threats are always changing. And as soon as you figure out how to protect yourself from one threat, another is going to present itself in a different way. It's an ongoing process. It's frustrating at times. And it it happens every day. So how how do you identify threats? Identifying your primary mission is the best way to highlight what things are actually opposed to that mission. Making those things threats. As a cast team, as a JTAC, you are not just on the ground calling in airstrikes, cowboying it up, alone and afraid. You know, like there's a lot more involved and a lot of people involved. And those people who are involved with calling in close air support are referred to as a cast team. It's generally involves the pilots that are flying the aircraft in support of the cast and involves the JTAC and involves the ground commander. The ground commander has an objective that he wants to meet on the ground. And as a JTAC, it's your job to advise and assist him and do whatever you can to support his objectives and bring the air power that the Air Force and the other services bring to the fight. So what stands in the way of a cast team actively supporting the ground commander's intent? Well, from that little excerpt I just read, there's threats, right? There's things that don't want your aircraft flying in the sky. Air power is an amazing thing, and it completely changes the battlefield and it is a force multiplier on the battlefield i think there's there's definitely different types of threats the threats you're going to see are 
are completely dependent on what type of environment you're in. So not to go too deep into it, but just for example, what have we been doing the last 20 years? We've been fighting a coin environment, which is counterinsurgency coin. These people we've been fighting, terrorist organizations and whatnot, they don't have the money or the resources to acquire a lot of surface-to-air missiles, a lot of SA threats. On top of that, they don't have pilots flying around in the sky. So for the last 20 years, close air support has been relatively easy as far as not having to deal with threats on, a, on an intense level. The biggest threat to a pilot being able to conduct close air support is another pilot in the sky trying to shoot him down, right? Like, that's obvious. Like, he can't go drop bombs if he's being shot at in front of his face. And in the same way, he, he can't actively support close air support if there's missiles flying at him from the ground, right? Like, he's going to have to pull a lot of Gs, make a lot of maneuvers to avoid those missiles, and his mind is is on self-protection at that point right like he's trying to protect himself his aircraft his his team in the sky and he doesn't have the bandwidth to conduct a close air support strike so as we move out of this coin environment as we start shifting our focus towards what we call near peer or fighting someone who's on our level that would be considered Russia, China. We're going up against some pretty, pretty intense air defense systems. And what you call those is IADs, integrated air defense systems. At this point, you're not dealing with, with one surface-to-air missile. You're dealing with a whole multitude of integrated systems that are working together to shoot you down. Like, this is... It gets really complicated, and and you can get in deep water really quick as a pilot because all those systems are working together to, to shoot you down. And just like, honestly, like, this is part of why I love being a JTAC. I think it's really awesome to be handed a problem and to have to try to find a solution. And... When you go into a mission that you pre-plan for, that you are trying to see what the ground commander's intent is, what his objectives are, and you're trying to figure out how you can meet those, and you are aware of whatever threats that are keeping you from being able to do that, it's a lot of fun figuring out how you can defeat those threats and figuring out how technology can be used in your favor and how you can do X, Y, and Z in order to make the mission go smoothly for the ground commander. It's awesome. Like United States is, is super squared away in our technology and it makes it really cool and really fun to wield those tools in order to hopefully have a successful mission on the battlefield. You know, like obviously there's more to it than what I just said, but man, I love being a JTAC. I love having to solve hard problems. And it's cool when you're given the resources to do so. Now, obviously, pilots are pretty smart. They're really smart, actually. Um, and they have a lot of experience with 
maneuvering and with TTPs in order to defeat these SA threats. But if you ignore the SA threats, you will get shot down. If, if you treat it like it's not there as a cast team, sure, let's go conduct close air support on these targets. Let's drop bombs. Let's, let's help it dudes out. But if you ignore the threats, you're going to get shot down. I, I paint this picture for you guys. I give you this military example of threats because threats are everywhere. When you're, when you're talking about a military environment, you have an enemy who wants to kill you. You have an enemy who will bury explosives in the ground so that when you go near it, it kills you. You have an enemy that will shoot things into the sky to blow your plane up. And then when you hit the ground, they'll kill you. Threats. Like, they're a big deal, right? Like, it's, it's not something to tread lightly on. And I think in the military, it's really easy to see why these things are a big deal. But I think on the Christian walk, on the believer side of things, I think we tend to ignore threats. I think we tend to move through life and, and turn a blind eye to the threats that are actually in front of us. What threats do you face as a believer? Well, look at your mission. Look at what the objective is of your life. I said this last episode, why do we exist? We exist to glorify God, period. Who opposes God? Who opposes that mission? Well, Satan. Spiritual warfare is real. Satan against God. Satan and his minions. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I don't know where you guys are at in your knowledge of Satan or your understanding of him or how you view him, but Satan is your enemy. He is real. He is an enemy of God. And he lives and walks the earth to destroy life and destroy your hope and your trust in God. The other part of this is he's smart. He's, he's not just some, some evil person that doesn't have intelligence. He's smart. He uses and twists scripture. He uses things that you wouldn't expect to pull you away from the Lord. When Jesus is in the desert and Satan comes to tempt him, Satan uses the words of God to twist them and to tempt Jesus. He knows the scripture. He knows every word. He probably knows it better than you do. Satan's real. Like he's there and, and you cannot ignore that. Or, or if you do, then you face being shot down, right? Here's the other half, the, the better half, the, the half that should give you hope. God is good. God is in control of all things. And that is, is the best news that we can have when we're looking at a threat or an enemy, is that God wins. Like the end of the story is that God wins. God loves you. And if you are a believer, you, you are predestined to go into eternity in heaven with him forever because of all the work that he has done. Here's the other side of things. God does not tempt you to sin. God's not going to dangle something in front of your eye just to see how you react. Like That's not God. That's not his heart. 
but something that we get confused on and something that we don't really know how to handle is, is when hardship comes into our life, like, where's the good in that? You know, like we, we look at some of these third world countries who have been devastated by natural disasters. Like where, where is God in that? God does allow trial and hardship. These are things he allows for the sake of his glory and for pointing your heart back to him. If you look at the story of Joseph, this is a perfect example of that. You have Joseph, who's the little brother, and all his older brothers sell him into slavery. They hated him. They hated him so much that they sold him into slavery. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine your brothers just getting rid of you and hating you with that amount of hate? Wild. So they, they sell him into slavery. I'm going to speed up the story. You guys can go read it yourselves in, in Genesis. But they sell him into slavery. While he's in slavery, someone accuses him of sexual assault, which isn't even true. So then he goes to jail. On, like, <laughs> didn't know you could go worse than slavery, but he ends up in jail. And ultimately, God uses him to save that nation. He saves that nation that he was a slave of. And God uses Joseph to save them, to save even his brothers who sold him into slavery. And the only reason any of that happened was because of where God placed Joseph and the work that God did through Joseph. And there's a verse near the end of it that I don't have in front of me right now, but basically Joseph says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And I think we can look to that. And, and be reminded and be thankful that God is good and God loves us and God's plan is perfect and, and ultimately he's trying to draw us back to himself. Because if you ask me, if, if you give me a lot of money, if you give me um, a perfect life and everything goes relatively smooth, my, my sin and my heart is going to be satisfied, right? Like I'm, I'm taken care of, but it's our tendency typically as man is, is when things go wrong, we look to God. We're like, oh, what's going on? God, help me out. Help me out. Right. And, and God gives us hardship as, as grace, honestly, like those things pull us back to him in a way that nothing else usually does. And God uses those things to work in our heart. So I lay that out for you talking about Satan, obviously, just so we're all on the same page that there is a major threat, a, a smart, intelligent threat. And then you have your protection, obviously God, but those two things both need to be known. So as a believer, like what threats are in your life? What things are, are in front of you that maybe you don't realize are getting in the way of what God is wanting to use you for? I cannot tell you what threats are in your life. Like that is self-reflection. That is God working on your heart and opening up your eyes to what actually is in in your way, you know? And so I'd say that's the first part is pray. Ask God to reveal those things because the spirit working on your heart is what's going to open your eyes to what's actually in, in the way. And then hopefully God can do a great work and, and give you the strength to remove those things. But 
I can't, I can't speak for you. I can't tell you what's in your life that's, that's in the way. Or that's a threat to God's intent for your life. But just to kind of, you know, be vulnerable and, and share about my life and, and share some threats that I've experienced, that I've had to work through, that I'm still currently working through. It's tough because on the outside looking in, I... I appear like a very productive person and I'm able to do a lot of things and get a lot of things done. But one of the biggest things that has just kind of been messing me up lately is not being able to slow down, not being able to just stop and and enjoy the Lord on the one hand or, or even my family, you know, like take into account a Saturday, you know, any given Saturday, man, I am, I am on to the next task, right? Like no time to sit at the breakfast table. We just finished breakfast. Let's move on and and go knock out this to-do list that we want to do. And I'm just leaving my wife and kids in the dust with that. And that's been like a big thing. God's really having to mold and, and shape me is slowing down. Um, it's funny because as a JTAC, you have to multitask. And, and when I'm at work, dude, I, I swear I'm an amazing multitasker. I can, I can coordinate airspace. I can coordinate with pilots and, and I can direct X, Y, and Z all simultaneously with being yelled at, with artillery going on, with bullets flying, everything, Right. And, and I can multitask in that manner, but when I'm at home and I'm surrounded by my wife and my kids and I can't multitask to save my life. And it's tough because instead of just enjoying my kids, sometimes I'll look at them like they're getting in the way of my productivity. Like I can't go do what I'm supposed to be doing right now because they're messing something up, right? And man, as a dad, as a husband, I have totally, totally been failing and totally been in need of the Lord's help and giving me patience, just slowing myself down and just enjoying what's around me because man, I am productive, but that has just been biting me in the butt lately and taking time away from my kids and my wife that I could really just enjoy them. And like I said earlier, it's not just my wife and kids. I need to slow down and just enjoy the Lord as well. You know, like that has been a huge threat to me. And so I wanted to share that with you guys. I've, I've really been struggling with that the last year or so. I mean, it's been brought to my attention this year, but this has just been something that's kind of been ingrained into me. And if I'm being real, like, I don't think I'm alone in that, um, it's okay if I am, but being in the military, being in, in this type of community, like you got a lot of type A personalities. You got a lot of people around you who all think the same. So, you know, I'm throwing this out there. Maybe someone else struggles with this too, but we got to slow down. You know, we got to slow down for the relationships that are in our life and the main relationship in our life being the Lord. And that's how Satan's tricky, at least for me. You know, like I'm I'm doing these different things. I'm feeling accomplished. But 
what am I missing out on? You know, like that's, that's why we got to do this self-reflection. That's why we got to be in the word and in prayer and asking God to reveal these things to us because all these things are ultimately just getting in the way of, of our relationship with the Lord. And that is the sweetest thing, guys. Like the Lord, God, creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with you. He sent his son to die on a cross because he desires to have a relationship with you, a relationship that our ancestors screwed up, that we are just as guilty as they were. We are all cursed, and and God loves us so much that he is, he is seeking us. He is the one who saves us, and he has sought us, and he saves us, and we get to go to heaven forever because of the work that he has done. Now, tell me what's more important than than him. Nothing. But I know the facts, and I know that all of us are living lives that don't show that. I'll speak for myself, I guess, and say I'm not living a life that shows that because I wake up in the morning and, you know, I have all these things I need to do and like, am I starting my day off in the Word? Am I starting my day off in prayer? Because that's that's where we get to go be with God. Like, obviously, He's in our heart, and and we can pray to Him any time. But in my opinion, I just think it's it's really good to start your day off with that. That's not a legalism thing. That's not a, hey, if you don't start your morning off with this, you're wrong. I'm just saying, at least for me, Starting my morning off in the word, starting my morning off in prayer sets the tone for the rest of my day. My mornings, when my kids wake me up on a Saturday morning and the first thing I experience is them waking me up, I am not giving a pleasant response to them, to say the least. You know, like I am full in my sin responding to them in a way that is not very nice. But when I make time and I wake up early and I'm in the word and in prayer and then my kid busts in the room, like I have set the tone for my day. And I just, I think that's a, a really good practice for, for us to do. You guys don't have to do that. That's not what I'm saying. But I just like at least wanted to put that out there as an example. Like, man, me and my productivity that I get lost in in my day, it's just really helpful for me at the beginning of my day to start it off where I should be. So just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, threats are real. Threats are there in the military and definitely in the Christian walk. And like I said earlier, I can't tell you what those threats are. So I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying that, uh, you care about finding out what those things are and trying to remove them. And I'm praying that God will, will help you do that. Hope you guys can chew on this a little bit this week. Like I said, hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. If you guys have any questions, I'm looking forward to connecting with you guys and have a great week. Be bold. Go out into your workplace and your squadron around your family. Be bold for the Lord and have a great week guys. See ya.